0: Greetings listeners, you have found hope. This is the Bridge to Hope podcast, Finding Hope. I'm Coltra, and I'm here with Alyssa. Today we will be talking about domestic violence and interviewing Jen, the Director of Domestic Violence Victim Services at the Bridge to Hope. Domestic violence is a heavy topic. Stop listening when you need to, practice self-care and reach out for support.
1: Hello, Jen. Can you tell us how long you have worked at the Bridge to Hope
2: Hi there. I've worked at the bridge since 2018. My position really varies here. Um, Offering and providing services to victims can be a variety of things. Providing the basic needs like shelter, food, and clothing. Um, I may sit with someone as they share their story. Encourage healthy coping skills. Collaborate with other agencies in order to help move a survivor to their own home. Acquiring job skills. It could also include advocating for a survivor with people in places that may seem intimidating or overwhelming, maybe law enforcement interviews, appealing an eviction with a landlord. I also co-facilitate our weekly Healing from Trauma support group, and we'll be working on in-person outreach opportunities with our community partners as our world opens
1: up again. What is the legal definition of domestic violence culture?
0: So, the legal definition is pretty big, so bear with me. In Wisconsin law, Chapter 813.12 defines domestic abuse as means of the following engaged in by an adult family member or an adult household member against another adult family member or adult household member by an adult caregiver against an adult who is under the caregiver's care by an adult against his or her adult former spouse by an adult against an adult with whom the individual has had or has a dating relationship or by an, an adult against an adult with whom the person has a child in common. This would include the intentional infliction of pain, physical injury or illness, intentional impairment of physical condition, stalking, sexual assault, and damage to property. So this statute references a lot of other statutes and with those references, uh, the definition is expanded to include any relationships that you have really. Uh, So roommates, caregivers, siblings, family members, parents, children, uh, those would all be included in domestic abuse legal definitions. So this is obviously a legal definition and is very wordy. Jen, could you give us a working definition or a definition that is maybe more easy to understand.
2: Domestic violence, also referred to as intimate partner violence, dating abuse, or relationship abuse, is a pattern of behaviors used by one partner to maintain power and control over another partner in an intimate relationship. This includes behaviors that physically harm, intimidate, manipulate a partner, or force them to behave in ways that they don't want, including through physical violence, threats, emotional abuse, financial control... Many of the survivors we work with are fleeing intimate partner abuse or sexual abuse, but the scope of domestic violence is much broader than that. A perpetrator of abuse could be a roommate, parent, child, and so on. Anyone can be a victim of abuse. That
0: being said, what do you think that others should know about domestic abuse or
2: domestic violence? I think it's important to understand that a person doesn't have to be physically struck to be a victim of domestic violence. I don't know how many times I've heard from survivors something along the lines of, he just yells at me, throws things, calls me names, or she only shoved me that one time, otherwise it was just emotional and mental abuse. Survivors are well versed in explaining away or minimizing their experiences. What about
0: verbal abuse? Um, is when does it go from nagging and maybe, you know, being upset about the dishes not getting done to to that becoming something that's abusive and something to be concerned about.
2: Consistently criticizing or insulting, humiliating, and even ignoring the victim are clear signs of verbal abuse. Using words to discount or minimize a person's experiences or achievements is also a common sign. The abuser will often manipulate conversations or the words of a victim or make the victim feel unworthy or unloved.
0: I think we could agree that there's a lot of misconceptions about domestic abuse, and domestic violence, um, are men the only abusers? Do men get abused?
2: The numbers are definitely higher among women, but men experience it too. While men are statistically less likely to be harmed by domestic violence, that doesn't mean they're never victims. Men do experience abuse from female, male, and non-binary partners. And women do commit acts of violence against male and female partners. Men and people of the LGBTQ community may be even less likely to report violence than women.
0: Is there ever an excuse for abuse? Um, What if I get really angry about something?
2: Anger is definitely not an excuse for abuse. There are plenty of ways to release anger that does not include violence.
0: What about if I was drunk and I didn't really realize my own strength?
2: Drug and alcohol use can definitely be worsening factors for violent individuals, but they don't cause violence. Um, They can definitely lower the inhibitions of already violent people. There are plenty of people who use drugs and alcohol and don't act violently. Too often we blame violence on the substance itself and not on the abuser. Abusers themselves use drugs or alcohol as excuses for their violence, blaming booze or drugs instead of their own behavior.
0: So you're the director of Domestic Violence uh, what gives you your expertise? How have you learned so much uh, to become the Director of Domestic Violence?
2: I learned a lot about domestic violence from my experiences both personally and professionally. I've been provided a lot of training through End Abuse Wisconsin as well as first-hand experience with survivors and their families.
1: Would you want to share part of your story with us? Sure, and I want
2: to mention again a trigger warning, so go ahead and skip ahead a bit if you need to. So I'm a survivor of drug-facilitated sexual assault. It happened at the first party I ever attended in high school, and one drink given to me by a stranger was all that it took. Um, I woke up in a closet without my clothing on, and I couldn't begin to believe or accept the reality of my first sexual experience being taken in this way. So I didn't, I didn't accept or believe that this had happened. So I kept this assault a secret for three years until everything kind of fell apart in my life and bubbled to the surface again. Um, When talking about this experience, a friend of mine said this, I've come to realize my past is in some ways so foreign and undesirable that memories almost seem like another person's story. In other ways, I wouldn't trade it for the world because it is is responsible for the present and I wouldn't trade the present for the world. This, of course, isn't to say that I'm glad the assault occurred. I just know that it made me who I am today.
0: First off, thank you so much for sharing. As advocates, we can appreciate how hard it is for survivors to share their story. Um, But I think it's also really powerful for people to hear a survivor's story from somebody who's also an advocate. So when we think about domestic violence, um, we really kind of think that it's a women's issue. Um, Can you kind of explain why it's not?
2: It really is a systemic and societal issue. We also need to put more focus on prevention, including engaging men and boys in a more meaningful way. Most men are not abusive. They love and respect the women and girls in their lives, and it wouldn't occur to them to be disrespectful. But society is still raising boys to put on a brave face, act tough, and to never show vulnerability. The result is a culture of silence among the quote-unquote good guys. Abusive men rely on the silence of other men. They rely on their peers to look the other way and to ignore the off-color joke or disparaging language about women.
0: And this might be a question that's better suited for Alyssa, um, but how does domestic violence impact children?
1: Domestic violence can impact children in many different ways. Kids that hear or see the domestic violence may experience anxiety or depression, and younger kids may start hitting because they see it happen to their parent. Sometimes it's harder for them to focus in school. They may lose trust in relationships also. And then kids that don't see the domestic violence and don't know what's going on may wonder why their other parent isn't there. Where can I go to get help if I am a survivor of violence?
2: The Bridge to Hope has a hotline available 24-7, as well as a text line. Our services are free and completely confidential. We also have an advocate on campus at UW-Stout available for students.
0: So after talking with victims and survivors all day and getting calls and texts and All that heaviness. Uh, What do you do for self-care? How do you unwind at the end of the day?
2: I enjoy getting outside with my family, listening to music and podcasts and mindless comedy shows. I also have a 10-month-old daughter who
1: makes any day 100 times better. What things are you doing for yourself this week, Cultra?
0: Well, I have been cuddling with my pets a ton this week. Um, I have a very cute kitten who has one eye. Uh, He is a bandit who will steal your heart. I also have a dog. Uh, Her name is Marshmallow, and she is even sweeter than she sounds.
1: That sounds great.
0: What about you, Alyssa? What have you been doing for self-care?
1: I'm going to call my family this week. It is always good to catch up with them and see how they're doing. Next time you hear from us, we will be talking to Angie, our Director of Sexual Assault Services. April is Sexual Assault Awareness and Child Abuse Awareness Month.
0: As always, we hope that you have gleamed your own bit of hope today from our discussion. Thank you
1: and take care. Thanks for stopping by.